Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode I speak to comic book writer and daringly energetic dude, Dre DeBrute Daniels, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I wanted to let you know that the Comic Scene Comic Club has just got a whole lot better with one price, two books, and a building library of digital comics. The first 50 sign-ups before the 23rd of November will enjoy this magnificent monthly membership at £8 a month, saving them £4.99 per month for the year. Uh, And when asked, you can help support their indie titles through your membership and get a free copy of the best comic uh, the best of comic scene batman special find out more and sign up at comicscene.org forward slash join dash comic dash club and also uh, just a quick reminder um i've got a week left on my latest kickstarter band of warriors issue number two um which is a continuation of my celtic and greek mythology mashup series uh, so if that sounds like your bag uh, go check it out on kickstarter by searching for band of warriors or just click the link in the show notes now without further ado on with the show hello dre daniels how's it going i am doing well samuel how are you doing my friend yeah not too bad not too bad um as i was saying off air um and and for the listeners sake uh my son was born three weeks ago uh so my wife and i have had very broken sleep and just i, I feel like i'm running at about 60 percent basically <laughs> like in terms of my cognitive ability um so apologies um if uh if i'm a little bit slow today um but uh I- i'm all the better for having you on dre because um <laughs> you're, you're a bundle of energy um which, which is fantastic so um for anybody that hasn't come across you just yet what do you do in the world of comics so uh first of all what's up everybody and off the jump thank you sam uh for having me this is a real honor and privilege um once again be across the pond so i'm feeling feeling really good about that um for those uh that aren't familiar with me i am dre debru daniels i am a comic writer producer and comic director um i write and produce a comic series called treble the rhythm within um, I also um, run a YouTube channel called Brutal Planet Comics, which is also the name of my production company, which is Brutal Planet Comics. And on the YouTube channel, I'm usually ranting and raving um, about crazy stuff that's happening in the world of comics or in uh, movies or cartoons. Or I'm also doing um, interviews with other independent creators, letting them um, get a little spotlight so they can go out and just share all the good stuff that they're that they've got cooking um i really do enjoy it um to uh, um get in touch with me or check out my stuff it's at debrute zero zero on twitter instagram and facebook and tiktok for that matter i don't really use tiktok like that but yeah but on twitter <laughs> at debrute zero zero um i'd love to hear from folks and you know feedback and or just want to kick back and chill or ask questions to me that's where you reach me um Primarily, I'll, I'm on Twitter more now, um, so 
that would be the better way to reach me. Cool, perfect. And of course, all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So so go check out um Dre's work there. Um and uh you you mentioned uh treble um and uh you actually make that comic with a with a fellow collaborator, Federico. Yes, yes, absolutely. Actually, we me and you we share um a, a very, very talented artist and Federico Crescini. Yeah. Um, he is one of the exactly. best in the game. Um, we started working together, wait a minute, what year is this now? It's 2021. So we started working together maybe early 2019. Um, when we started uh, working on trouble, um, and he's one of the best in the game. Um, he's, he's tremendous. I, I've never had, never had a problem with him. He's, he's one of the best. Yeah. Um, he's a title pro. Title yeah. Pro. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And like when we first started working together, like he like he was still trying to get a foothold here in the States. And I was like, Yeah, man, like yo, I'll put your work out there. No question about it. And so like I end up uh sending him some test pages of some of some of the script that I had written and he came and it came back with flying colors and I was like, Yeah, you're my guy. Like you're my guy and um like he, he's definitely one of the best period yeah man no really good guy and uh yeah just very very professional very methodical um and uh yeah no just a, a, fan, a fantastic talent as well um and uh yeah just great that we that we can connect um as writers that work with federico so mm-hmm. that's obviously fantastic yeah uh, now yeah. um all of that aside, I do have some bad news. I'm afraid. Okay, what you got for me? Uh, so, um, on top of everything that's going on at the moment, mm-hmm. there's been a zombie outbreak. Oh, I'm no. afraid. Oh yeah. no! Um, yes, exactly. So, my first question for you is: What is your action plan for survival? Okay. All right. Here we go. You ready for this? Let's do All this. right. So, outbreak is going down. All right. I, and for the sake of argument, I live in Washington, D.C., so it's it's happening in a very, very close-knit. People are shoulder to shoulder. So first order of business, I am breaking into a Chevrolet dealership, all right? Nice. I'm going to go and get one of those off-road 4x4 Chevy Silverados, my hot wire that joint, and I am mowing down everybody. First and foremost, I'm just going and I'm heading straight to the hills. Straight, <laughs> to, the straight to the hills. <laughs> Bodies bouncing everywhere, whatever. Heading straight to the hills where I'm and like there's a place called uh Bowie, Maryland, where there's a lot of wooded areas. That, like there's some city too, but there's a lot of wooded areas and like like hidden little countrysides. Going right over there, setting up my my underground bunker. I'll be hunkering down there, hunting deer, and from time to time do a little bounty hunting on the yeah, zombies. Sure, a little bounty hunting because it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be pockets of survivors, and there's gonna be there's gonna be some bounties that need some collecting. So I'm gonna be getting my my game up, and me personally, I am actually an archer, so I'm already I'm already halfway ready already. So I'm already there. Amazing. So so I'm all, I'm going in there bounty hunting and hunting deer, quail. I'm gonna be setting ready. 
but nobody better set foot on my property. There's going to be some consequences <laughs> and repercussions. So it's, it's and I, I think, I think that plan will work out pretty smooth. A hundred percent. And is anybody coming with you? Uh, so I'll take my wife with me as long as she's not infected. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, go double check that. Yeah, I grab my wife. She uh, she she gonna be down to clown. So yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab her. If um if, if my mama is in route, I'm gonna scoop her up. That's about Sorry. it. Everybody else, yeah, y'all, y'all can figure it out. Y'all can figure it out from there. Because because what one thing I've learned about chaos and panic have the fewest people around you as possible. Because it only yeah. takes one crazy person to blow it. So the fewer people you got around, especially during the zombie outbreak, Sam, the zombie outbreak. There ain't no way I'm having a whole bunch of people around me. Ain't no way, no how. The fewer, the better. No, right. Yeah, absolutely. Like the few, few, uh, fewest links in the chain as possible. Exactly. That's definitely the way forward in, in that particular scenario, isn't it? Um, now, uh, now you're up in, um, up in the hills, um, and you've, you've had a fantastic day hunting. Um, you've, you've managed to, to take down a deer and you, you've got some venison cooking hey. on a fire. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, ready, ready to, to munch down. Uh, but before that, uh, around uh, the fire, a uh, conversation sparks up with your wife and your mother. Um, and they you get chatting about comics and kind of reminiscing the good old days when, mm. when you were creating comics with, with Federico and the like. Um, and uh, the first question they ask you is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Mm. So while we're sitting around, while that venison is cooking... Oh yeah, and I'm sipping on my Jack Daniels whiskey. Nice. First, well, the first thing, if we're going to talk about the first comic I remember enjoying, I'm gonna have to reminisce back to when I was a kid, and there was a Pinky and the Brain crossover comic um, with Batman. Um, for those that are from that time period in that era, uh, they probably yeah. went right past you right past you probably didn't notice it but during that time uh like was that steven spielberg and everybody was doing all these warner brother crossovers to promote um the cartoon like animaniacs and um yeah. uh, freakazoid and all these other you know all those other shorts that they had and they started because you know they're all warner brother properties so they decided to just keep crossing them over and they end up making publications and i remember um going into uh one of the comic shops i, I was actually in richmond virginia um, when I saw it, because one, I loved Pinky in the Brain and Batman is like my favorite, uh, comic character of all time. And I saw the crossover and I had to have it. I had to have it. And, um, I, I loved, um, like everybody, all the characters were, were parodies of villains and, uh, and, uh, Pinky was Robin and Brain was uh, Batman and he was just being, you know, B- Pinky just being annoying and ruining the plan yeah. just like he does in the cartoon, but it was ruining like detective work and plans and villainy. So it was it was really funny, it was really comical and I really really thoroughly enjoyed it. Not not to say that I I always I've always had comics always. Like I I had older uh, uh siblings that I lived with and stuff, so they always collected comics, but this was this one was like mine. 
You know, this was like my comic and it was just so much fun. I got emotionally attached to it. It was it was so much fun. That's fantastic. And what a crossover. Yeah. Um, like when you when you mentioned it on your answers to me, I was just um, blown away that they ever did a pinky in the brain Batman crossover. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> it the was insane. Were a great time, right? Yeah, it was insane. I mean, I miss those type of wacky crossovers like that. They were just plain old fun. I, I really miss that stuff. Yeah, man. They should try, try and bring that back. Yeah, um, at some point that take be my money. It's um, waiting for you. Yeah, take my money. Uh, I tell you what would be interesting: a Paw, Paw Patrol and Batman crossover. Now we're getting but- somewhere. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Now, now we're hitting apex level stuff here. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, that's, that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, let's go back to that time when you did first come across Pinky in the Brain Batman crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, uh, were you just reading comics or did you start to create, to try to create your own comics? So at that point, um, I was always, as most creators know, as yourself, um, you're always a fan first. Yeah. You're always a fan first before you become a creator. And for me, I was a fan since I pretty much came out the womb. Um, <laughs> I was pretty much uh, born with a Sega Genesis controller in one hand and a comic book in the other and you know that was pretty much what my life was for (laughs) forever and a day like i remember um every friday night um we would go down to our local comic shop we'll pick up whatever's hot in the streets that week or bi-weekly whatever when when they used to have those type of bi-weekly publications we'll go there we'll go to pizza hut then we'll go get a two liter of Orange Crush, come back home, watch movies and play video games. That was life for me. Oh, Blockbuster. I forgot about that. And go to Blockbuster <laughs> to rent the movie and or video game. Yeah. Forgot about that. And for that. all the kids out there, this was a physical <laughs> shop right, where you actually had to physically go somewhere to get a movie. You didn't just load it up on your TV or a phone or whatever. You had to physically go somewhere. Get a VHS tape or <laughs> yeah. a DVD later on. But it, it, at that time, I suspect it was a VHS, right? Oh, yes, it was. Oh, um, yes, sir. And you, oh. and, you, and you had to put it into a machine. Yep. Called a yep. video player. Mm-hmm. They don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that. They don't know the struggle of having to rewind the tape oh, yeah. before giving it back. They don't know. Oh. They oh. just don't know. What a pain. What a pain. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, it started off with fandom. Um, for many, many years, because I, I just love these stories. I grew up on these stories. And then I then I would look back to the even further past of uh, comics that when my my father was a kid, you know, and I go back and read those, the, the Bronze Age and all other stuff, gold and silver age of comics. And I'm and I'm just taking in all this information and to the point where my creative juices at that point are freaking exploding. And I'm like, yo. I'm going to try to write something. And of course, when you're a kid and you're writing stuff, it's trash. Everybody knows it's trash, but your mom is going to say it looks good and you're going to put it on the fridge anyway. But (laughs) at the same time, it's where it all started. Like it started off with fandom, uh, which then pretty much uh, branched over into um, creation. Um, So I've been writing, gee whiz, how many years has it been? I've been writing for years. Years and years and years and years and years. Um, but only recently did I feel like I actually had something good enough to actually put on the paper. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, but I've been writing short stories. Um, I used to um, uh, write um, short uh, comic strips, um, things I used to do for, um, like, when I was in school. I used to um, write in the school paper. Um, I used to write the funnies um, for the uh, for the school paper. So, I mean, I, I've been in the creative comic writing genre for forever and a day. Um it's just, it's just pure, it's pure passion. It's pure love. It's, it's, it's what I've always, it's always what I've always wanted to do. It's always what I've always wanted to do was create something that not only that I liked, but something that I think um, my audience would thoroughly enjoy. And that's just kind of how it all started with fandom and picking up pinky in the brain, Batman crossover. <laughs> Fantastic. That is, that is <laughs> such a great origin story. I <laughs> love it. Um, now uh, moving back to uh to the fire and the venison is really starting to smell good now we're getting somewhere um yeah definitely uh but the next question that comes up is is what's the funniest comic that you've read Mm, funniest comic i've ever read um that would definitely have to be as an overall comic um it had to be scott pilgrim versus the world series um um, a lot of folks didn't really know about this comic until the movie came out in 2010 um, with uh, Michael Sarah and uh, 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 oh dang, what's that girl's name? name? The girl that nobody likes anymore. Uh, I do. Dang it, uh, Captain Marvel. Whoever, whoever Captain oh, Marvel is, her Brie, Brie Larson. Brie Larson. That's there it is. There it is. Yeah, yeah, that was the movies when when they were actually. Actually, that movie is actually quite awesome. I really like that film. But but the books, yeah. in my opinion, were even superior to the film because like the the comedy works so well. Now, of course, there's some pop culture references in there that are now dated, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like the quips were good. The characters were all hysterical. Um, they all had their own unique personalities, and like the action worked so well, and it was it was comedic gold. Like, like everything about how, like, like, like everything was a parody, a reference, or just insulting to Scott because <laughs> he's a loser. So it's, so it's fun because he is a loser and the world, well, his world around him accepts him that he is and he's cool with it. So it's a joke within a meta joke because he sucks, but at the same time, he's awesome. So it's, it's, it's like, it's like an ultimate oxymoron of a book of a series because he is useless but at the same time he's like got the best hands in the game so it i really like the series i really think it's really really funny and like for those that are into like really comedic comics i think scott pilgrim versus the world i think that's a really good series to start with 100 percent. it's a it's a great choice um and uh yeah now i've i've have uh, lots of lots of people on the show that have got very good memories of uh, of reading Scott Scott Pilgrim um, and everything. So uh, yeah, in good company. Uh, now uh, the next question uh, that crops up it changes gears a little bit. Okay, um, and that is what's the saddest comic that you've read? Okay, so Sam, my definition of sad is not going to be the traditional as in boo hoo wan wan tears sad. I'm going to go on a more of a disappointment sad. I'm going yeah. to a disappointment yeah. sad. And that had to be uh doomsday clock. Um, 
of course, it was hyped up as the sequel to Watchmen. And Watchmen is actually one of my favorite comics of all time, as it is for many people, um, mm-hmm. because it's well written, well paced. Um, the artwork is beautiful. The the what's the word? The messages behind what's going on. It's a tremendous mm-hmm. comic. One of the greats of all time. So there was a lot of hype behind this book. And I felt so let down by this book. Um, I think it was poorly paced. I feel that the action was lackluster. I feel that the character development was in the toilet. Um, the buildup between this conflict between Dr. Manhattan with Superman was a complete and utter letdown and waste of my time. I literally felt like I wasted the, I went through all 500 pages, all 500 pages. And I felt like nothing got accomplished. I feel like I've lost. I feel like I lost something. I felt like it really demeaned what Watchmen actually stood for, especially when the resolution was, oh, Dr. Manhattan just decides to do right. That's a waste. I was I'm like, bruh, come on. Like, like you've built up for the last 490 pages. And then, then the resolution is, oh, he just did it. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> Terrific. I'm great. I'm so glad I invested this time. Thank you. I'm like, yo, I just wasted my time. I'm like, bro. And, and not to mention, I mean, I mean, there were good things in this book. There were good things. Like mm-hmm. um everything with Firestorm of him going to Russia and then being attacked by these other um Russian heroes, and then he loses control of his powers and then turns like a whole like pretty much most of the um, civilians of Moscow into glass by clear, by accident. And so now he's created an international incident. Now I'm invested. I'm like, Oh snap. Oh snap. Something's actually happening. There's consequence. Then Superman is supposed to be, you know, uh, for planet earth and not for country, but has to go there and try to negotiate with the Russian president. But at the same time, the, this firestorm comes back with one of the people he's able to transform back from glass to a human, but obviously he's enemy of the state. So they begin to fire on him. And then Superman has to actually get involved because there's a kid there and they don't notice. So now he has to more or less fight, which then causes an even bigger international incident. And then their bullets that they're shooting actually start killing the glass people. And I'm like, yo, I am invested. I am invested. You're giving me something like, like you've given me nothing for at this point, 200 pages. And now I am actually invested in what's happening and they did nothing with it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm like, I, okay, I, I, I can't do this with you anymore. I can't keep giving you my heart. And you stepping. With it. So I, I, I'm I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm battered and beat. You keep bringing me back. I keep coming on back, but you know, I mean, but that's just, to me, that was really sad and really upsetting because I was really, really, really looking forward to the book. And I think it was just a complete and utter letdown mm-hmm. all, all the way around. Ah, that is like a, a sad moment in the comic when something mm-hmm. doesn't live up to, to what it could, um, particularly when it's got such a legacy behind it um, as, as Watchmen. Um, it's going to be really interesting uh, with Saga, the return of Saga, yeah. um, to see if they're they're able to to continue uh, that great run. Um, 
but uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be fine. But uh, well, Sam, it just feels it just feels like sometimes will be high. yes, exactly. The expectations are going to be really high, and I yeah. I've been let down so many times. I mean, I've been let down so many times. It's just like I'd rather live in the nostalgia than actually have something yeah. come out and then it kind of destroys it for me. And that's where I'm getting yeah. to the point. And like a lot of folks that come to me, oh, this is coming out, this is coming out, oh, this book is coming. I'm like, I'm like, yo, just read the old one. Just don't 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 touch it. Don't don't yeah, do this. Stay with that. Yeah, like, hey, hey, you see the old thing? <laughs> just just read that for the eight hundredth time in a row. Just 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 do that again. I like I'm tired of just being disappointed. Um Ah, it's just it's just it's just really upsetting. And now and now like more stuff is being announced. Is, yeah. I'm just like uh, I'm like, I don't know if I can yeah. invest in this. Really? I, can we just come up with new stories? Yeah. Come up with new stories. Yeah, come up with something new. <laughs> come up with something new, bold, daring. No, 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 no. We're gonna rehash the things you love right. and ruin it. Ah, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They go. We're gonna go make this money, and you're gonna lap it up. Um. No, sir. No, sir. I I will not be lapping it up. I'll I'll be at home. I don't know. Counting sheep. I'm. I'm. I I won't be here. I won't be here. (laughs) Shooting deer in the hills. Yes. 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 (laughs) fantastic Uh, now um, moving on to uh, another change of pace question and that is uh, what's the scariest comic that you've read okay so there's been a lot of horrific moments in comics like you can go to a horror comic or an alien comic or or like alien versus predator or anything like that but Mm -hmm. I think the scariest I'll, I'll go more horrifying the most horrifying moment yeah. I've ever seen in comics was from Kick-Ass Volume 2, um, issue number three. And that was the death of Colonel Stars and Stripes and his dog. Um, it was it was really, really brutal. Um, so there's this uh, character at this time called Red Mist, and he, is, he has a lackey named uh, Mother Russia. They, they break into his headquarters they kill his dog off screen. So we don't even see what happens to the dog off the jump. So we're already, we already know the dog's dead, but we don't know what happened. So he tries to fight back. Obviously the numbers game catches up to him. They beat him within an inch of his life. They destroy his, his lair and everything. So then it cuts to the next scene. And then it's like, these detectives are looking at something. We don't see what it is. Uh, we see blood on the wall. Um, and there's writing, with the blood and then we actually see what the cops are looking at they beheaded colonel stars and stripes and beheaded his dog and then took his dog's head and put it on his body and there's just blood just pouring out of the dog's mouth and the body's like slumped up against a i mean it is gruesome and just horrifying and I'm just like, yo, who does this? Like, 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 like you think of villainy. I mean, even when you think of like the roughest, baddest dudes when it comes to villainy, sometimes yeah. sadistic is like, it's, it just sticks in the mind. Things, yeah. people that engage in sadistic things is just like, oh my 
God. I'm like, like it wasn't it enough to just kill him? Heck, wasn't it enough to just cut his head off? You had to go and just besmirch the dude. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, yo, what kind of, I mean, the message was sent. I'm like, um, granted, Kick-Ass, once again, a great volume. I mean, a great, great series. Um, That was, ah, man. And I, I when, when the movie came out, right, I was sitting there, I'm like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And thank God. <laughs> it was a step too far. I was, like, too far. I was like, I said, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Like, I, like when they killed Colonel Stars and Stripes, I was like, no, they're not going to do it right. They're not going to do it right. They're not going to do it. And then thank God. Thank God. I was like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I felt my stomach go up to my heart. Then my heart went to where my lungs were. Then my brain was in my ankle. I was like, oh my, I'm like, my body is just tripping out. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but please don't let this happen. But but when it comes to horrific moments, that that is in my head. That is not going away, which makes it extremely me- memorable to say the least. Yeah, definitely. You really can't unsee some things, can you? Exactly. Um, and that sounds like that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's really scary is that you know Mark Miller had to come up with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean, there's of... a couple of moments in these other comics that are quite worrying as well. Mm-hmm. But how crazy are you, bruh? How crazy are you? You can like, like that came out there. of your head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nuts. Exactly. Um but I mean there there are some horrifying kind of like gangster stories mm-hmm. um where like they do like crazy stuff like that, like you know, like the cartels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they do like some really foobar stuff, you know. Yeah. Um oh my gosh, yeah. No, it's it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Like like I always uh, think yeah. back like to the you know, like if you've ever seen the original Godfather when they uh, mm-hmm. when they cut the horse's head off and put it in the, the bed. Right. Um and all that yeah. like that gave me those vibes, but I was like, like, bruh, this is too much. I was like, this is this is over the yeah. top. I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. That's that's when the, when your friend Jack comes into play, definitely. Yep, my um, boy, oh, oh, my cousin, my cousin Jackie D, my cousin, yes indeed. <laughs> brilliant Uh, now uh, to lighten the mood uh, the next question that comes up and uh, now now the venison is is on your plates all right you're able to tuck in now so um you you started to satisfy your hunger Uh, but the next question that comes up is what's what's your favorite cover so my favorite cover has got to be um kingdom come um um there's a dc uh, DC Comics book, Kingdom Come, written by Mark Wade and the art by legendary Alex Ross. Um, I love this cover. Um, for those that have never seen it before, um, it's uh, an older, grizzled Superman with the greatest S-crest of all time on his chest, which I definitely have <laughs> a shirt of because I definitely love that crest. Um, he's sitting at a um, a large round table. Behind him is like wonder woman and flash and you know like the the regular heroes and in the reflection of this round table it's the new era of heroes that is looking back at him and being led by then known as captain marvel now known as shazam 
um, and pretty much um, a different coalition, basically the new guard of these newer heroes because the old, the other ones are older and they're retiring and trying to live their lives. And I, I really, really love the art. I, I feel like it's very, very telling and it's a very, very powerful image of seeing the, uh, the entire league. And if you flip it open and you look to the back, you'll see the other leaguers and their reflections of the, of the anti-leaguers that are mm. their opposites and it's really 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 cool and i th- i think that that cover is oh, personally i think that cover is underrated i don't think people talk about it enough but um but it's it's really tremendous it's really tremendous definitely um and yeah no, it's it's not actually one that's ever i mean kingdom come has come up i think a couple of times um and we have actually had mark wade on the show um oh wow but yeah, yeah, yeah. So track back to 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 listen to that episode. He's a, he's a such a nice guy. Um but uh yeah, no. Um the this cover in particular is not one that's come up. Um and one that I I wasn't necessarily aware of. Um and looking at it, I mean, it's it's epic. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, it really and is. The amount of time to composite that must have been mind-blowing for alex ross to actually kind of put together i don't know how you start that how do you yeah (laughs) yeah especially like the like the hint of green that is throughout and to and to not oversaturate the color for other colors to still pop that is got to be something and and like like i always think of it like when i look at i think of uh, like how the 1999 matrix movie was done when it has the whole green Mm -hmm. tint on everything but yeah. at the same time, look kind of yeah. grainy. But but the way this was done, even with the the green overlay, it still pops so well. And I, mm-hmm. it's just I just think it's just an underrated cover. I mean, granted, the book is legendary, but I just don't think the cover really gets enough credit. Yeah, fair play, man. No, it's a it's a wonderful uh, wonderful cover and a great choice. Um, and great, great, great to be, bring it into the fold. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Uh, now, uh, moving on to another of my uh, favorite questions, uh, and that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? All right. So the this was actually a very, very hard question for me to actually narrow down because I've been influenced by so much um, over the years. But I'll have to say the most meaningful comic to me as far as a fan... that. that let me just level it out just a little bit how i was able to narrow it down i try to mm-hmm. give it i try to narrow it down to the big three what affects me the most as a fan as a creator and as far as an impact on me personally that is how i was able to actually narrow it down and the one that stood out above all else was frank miller's dark knight return um obviously that's not a big surprise it's been inspired by so many other everybody's been inspired in this book by in some way shape or form but the direction the writing the characters the story it's also captivating and it's miserable miserable huh memorable good god english <laughs> memorable <laughs> and i, I like uh, the villains that are introduced like the mutants I am a huge fan of the mutant leader. I don't think that faction gets enough mainstream attention. 
I love their look. I love their aesthetic. I love their ruthlessness. I love their goofy stupidity. I love the way they talk. Like mm-hmm. everything about the mutants works so well. And we get to watch, you know, grizzled old Bruce Wayne figure out how to be a crime fighter as a as an older man. And we get to actually watch him fail at it and to find a way to overcome his frailties as an older person to still get the job done. I love seeing stuff like this because sometimes when you have those comeback stories or comeback movies, usually they just show up and they're just as great as they were before with just a couple of little tweaks here and there, but no, no, he sucked. It's the bottom line. When the mutant leader rolled up on him and he tried to see him with them hands, he got murked. He got murked (laughs) straight up and down. And, and once again, he had to be saved by Carrie Kelly's Robin, which honestly, one of my favorite Robins of all time, even though she's not a Robin Robin, but I, I put her in the I put her in the conversation. I yeah. I really, really liked how the devel- develop development of these characters, the story. The story is so good. I mean, like I personally liked I like to consider it part one more than part two. Part one meaning uh him taking back the city from the mutants, um, because he had to do it on his own terms and uh, finding a way to defeat them and then actually turn them around to be vigilantes. I really like that story arc. I think it's great. Um, I've also liked the, um, the transitional segues that were used to tell um, exposition. I think the exposition that was done was done so well that you didn't even realize it was exposition. Um, The exposition was done via um, the news. The exposition was done via the news like so they'll put somebody on the news the the lady with the lightning bolt um earring and then sometimes it's the guy like the news was giving us exposition without it feeling like an exposition dump it was done so well and so cleverly you you didn't even realize it was happening and i actually took a lot of influence from that transitional exposition in my own work um in my own comic i i i have a uh, new station setup that's kind of setting up things, but also gives you like character background and stuff like that. Like, and, and I was inspired so much by um, the Dark Knight Returns in that regard because exposition dumps nobody likes them ever. Period. Nobody likes the exposition dump, but it was done so masterfully that you didn't even realize it. And I, I, I mean, obviously everybody has raved about this book for for many many years, but. I really would say that this was the most meaningful comic to me for those reasons. And it, it hit my big three affect me as a fan, as a uh, creator and overall impact. And I, th- I think it's, I, th- I think it's the bee's knees. <laughs> nice man. And it's, it's, it's great when you, when you do take away something from a, from a story and you just see how masterful it is. <clears throat> that somebody's able to to do something like that in terms of you know instead of it being a regular exposition dump use yeah um uh, tv um within the book itself uh to explain things as you're going along uh, so that it doesn't feel like that um and 
now you're able to kind of use that device yourself um so that yeah it's the exposition dump is more enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> it is done so job. well that's and that's the thing yeah. it's done so well you don't realize that that you're getting the info dump it just feels natural yeah. it's it's great no that's fantastic man great choice uh now um moving on to the next question uh what's the most underrated comic that you've read so the most underrated comic. Now, this is a comic that I've been gushing about since it came out in like 2003. Um, it was, uh, and I, and every, <laughs> every person I've talked to never knew what it was, but that's okay. That's why it's underrated. Um, it was a comic series called Sentinel. It had like two volumes. Wasn't a very, it was pretty much a limited run. It was r- written by one of them one of the folks that I'm actually inspired by, which is Sean McKeever. Um, it is, it has a lot of likable characters, relatable stories, life lessons. Um, and has, and it's like connected to the X-Men universe. And it's really, really cool. So basically this book is about, um, a young boy named Justin and he, um, he's, he's very poor and he lives with his father and his brother and they live, um, at a junkyard and they, they manage that junkyard because that's all they can really afford. But, uh, Justin, he's very, very smart. He uses, um, his, his mind to create like tools and, um, machines and battle bots and all this other cool stuff that him and his brother can do. Cause they can't really afford video games and stuff. Cause they're very, you know, they're very poor. Um, so we follow his story and this was in 2003. So we're getting that typical uh that high school journey um underdog bit of you know he has a couple of good friends that are you know on the lower totem pole but of course you got the bullies and everything like that but then of course the the cute girl that he really wants to pursue and so all that's happening one day he's at home he's playing with his battle bots with uh, with one of his friends and then out of nowhere, the battle bot, he loses complete control of it. And it just drives deep, deep, deep into the junkyard. They thought it was just a malfunction. They just they're like, okay, whatever, moving on. That battle bot was summoned by a sentinel. Now, for those, a, a, a sentinel that's been heavily damaged and is pretty much destroyed. For those that don't know what a Sentinel is, that is, um, in the X-Men universe, a Sentinel is a mutant hunter, giant, giant robots, um, that are created strictly to hunt, capture, and kill mutants. And so one of them have been very badly destroyed, ironically, by the X-Men, which is awesome. And there's a cool X-Men reference in the, in that joint, um, and made its way to the junkyard to repair itself. So Justin finds the Sentinel all broken and whatnot. Of course, obviously panics, runs. But when he comes back, he decides to repair it, reprogram it to be his, pretty much it becomes like not just his pet, but like his friend. But at the same time, it had its other sub programs of mutant hunting still in the, in the back of its, of its cortex. So the whole story is basically 
him trying to keep it a secret, but at the same time, when he's pushed too far by things that's happening at school, he stages the Sentinel to come and attack the school. And then he took his vehicle and drove it into the foot of it because that was part of the plan. And so the Sentinel would then retreat. So now he can become the most popular person in town to turn his life around. And it's and things, of course, from that point get absolutely nuts. I don't want to spoil everything because I really, 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 really think folks go and check out this comic series because it's really, really good. And it's a whole lot of fun. The characters, you're going to love them. You're going to love Justin, especially because God, he is so relatable even today. Um, it's so relatable. It's a really good story. Go read it. It's great. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. You've sold me. Um, <laughs> this is one one that I haven't read, so um I need I need to go go find it um somewhere. Um I'll I'll start off by uh by going onto eBay. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> find an old copy um but no fantastic um so uh, yeah no, I'll, I'll give that a read and let you know um how i get andre um that's fantastic uh now uh coming on to our penultimate question and All that right. is what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics now that is a very very good question um i am i'm gonna go on a limb and assume that this friend for the sake of argument has never watched any of the Marvel movies or anything like that, just for the sake of argument. I would suggest he read um, Avengers versus X-Men. Um, that, that series, one, it's really, really, really captivating. Um, and it's really easy to follow. And there's characters that's in there that you can, you, you, you get to choose a side more or less, but but you, but the book dances between who's the protagonist and antagonist as the book goes on. Like first you'll be on the X-Men side, then maybe you're on the Avengers side, and then maybe you're on nobody's side. You think everybody's a villain. Like it's so well written, so well paced. It's, it's amazing. So basically just a little synopsis. Um, this is after the um, um, House of M story when Scarlet Witch wipes out a whole lot of the mutants. So now they're they are an uh, endangered species. So they decide to just move away from everybody else and just live on an island. And they don't want to be bothered with everybody else. They just want to live their lives in peace. And, and uh, my goodness, Scott Summers, Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men in this one. Um, it's, it's really like, and, and basically his hate for humankind is an all time high. Um, he, you can go on a limb and just say that he has now become a bigot in, in ways. Um, like he doesn't trust anybody that's not a mutant. He doesn't trust anyone. And rightfully so, because the moment, uh, one of the mutants, um, I'm not going to give away too much. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but one of the, one of these mutants, they actually, um, are assumed to have engaged in active terrorism. And no due process, no nothing. The Avengers just go and show up at uh, the Mutants Island. And they're like, um, excuse me, what are you doing here? And they're like, hey, look, um, something went down. Um, and the Phoenix Force is now coming. And it looks like it's coming towards, coming for hope. That's the mutant's name. Coming for hope. And we're here to take her. 
And of course they're like, um, excuse me, what are you talking about? Um, we we're chilling here. We ain't hurt nobody. We separate ourselves from you people because of stuff like this. So the Avengers pretty much are just trespassing and like, hey, hey, give us the kid. And to say the least, that does not go down well. Um, So off the cuff, we already have this early conflict. And so we already have the mistrust of the Avengers and and humankind. And and of course, Scarlet Witch is uh, pretty much a pariah on all sides. Uh, The mutants hate her because they she almost had them all go extinct and the Avengers are like, eh, let's just keep that girl over there because she do too much. So she's a pariah. Um, the, the X-Men just want to live their lives. But then when the Phoenix force comes, the X-Men see an opportunity to finally take back what's rightfully theirs. So they began to use the Phoenix force when it was split up into five, the Phoenix five to start healing the world. But at the same time, they're in the midst of a bit of a takeover and the Avengers feel threatened. It's, it's so good. It's so good. And like the, the climax, Oh goodness gracious Lord. The climax is so good. The <laughs> ending is so satisfying because we, as the reader get to decide who do you think was in the right or who do you believe was in the wrong? It's so good. It's so well-written. It's 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 one of my favorite um, newer comics. I think it, I don't know, it came out ten years ago. I guess that's not new anymore, eh? But <laughs> it's one <laughs> of my decade, favorite. Yeah, no, a decade. No. Yeah, just a decade it's, it's ago. It's fairly recent. It's fairly recent <laughs> yeah. as far as this old country's good. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's a really good book. I would highly recommend. Um, someone that's never read a comic before to actually jump in this because these are characters, not to mention they're instantly recognized. These are characters that aren't like uh, D-listers or C-listers. These are A-list characters that even if you're not into comics, you're well aware of who they are. So you can automatically have in your synopsis who they are already. So you don't have to really go through all the whole backstory of who's who's and blah, 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 blah. So you already know who they are. So you can just sit there and actually enjoy the entire experience brilliant it's so good when um there's a there's a kind of uh, a story that's really encapsulated into one and particularly in in such a universe as as marvel mm-hmm. um where you do there are so many offshoots and little rabbit holes and things that you could be going down um or, or that you need to know up front before delving into a story but that's so good that you can actually just kind of read that straight off the bat um without any um any prior knowledge um so that's a fantastic choice uh now um coming on to our last question and you finished all of the venison Mm. so you're very satisfied um on that front and the the last question is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be and i First of all, this question is tremendous, and not to mention I'm so full from the venison, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand up straight. <laughs> but um, after long, long thought, um, I decided that if I can only take one comic or one series with me until the apocalypse, it would be my own personal comic that I, I had written, um, which uh, is Trouble, The Rhythm Within. I would take that with me. Um, cause if I have to cherish one story, I'd rather it be something that I made with my own two hands. Um, I would prefer it to be something that I put my own blood, sweat, tears, 
heart and love into um, because that no one and nothing can take that away from me. Um, and I can always be like, hey, even though there's, you know, zombies eating each other, well, not eating each other, eating others out there going Billy Berserk. Um, and maybe my time might come, <laughs> but I'll always be able to cherish one thing that I know I'm leaving behind. Um, that if somebody finds my legacy will continue. That's fantastic, man. And yeah, I mean, just reading your own work can be kind of quite therapeutic, really, yeah. can't it? Because you just you remember how much work went into that, um, and all of the things that you did with the with your collaborator um, to try and make it the best story that you could. Um, and yeah, no, it just it brings back good memories um as well so that's that's a fantastic choice and uh, and i hope it's uh it's able to survive the mm. zombie zombie apocalypse yeah <laughs> now along um with treble um what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you as well Ooh, a useful item Ooh. i think um the weapon I would bring. Okay, all right. So, the weapon would be a uh, a recurve bow and arrow, because um, mm-hmm. one I'm quite skilled with using it already, um, right. and I can always craft more ammo um, um, for it. Uh, like usually, they're like, "Oh, a gun." I'm like, eh, "Do you really have the heat and metal to create more bullets?" I know. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you can, but I can shave some tree bark down, and go ahead and put me up a stone and make some more arrows that I can do. So definitely, um, I'd have my recurve bow, um, a tool um, that I would definitely uh, take with me is the most universal tool I can probably think of, and that would be a shovel. Um, a shovel can work as a melee weapon. I can dig with it um, if I got to go in. Uh, cleanse my body out. I can definitely make myself a decent hole for that purpose. Um, <laughs> I definitely would need that. And I think uh, uh, one other item that I I would love to have is a sun lamp. Sunlight. I think I'd like a sun lamp so I can grow my own vegetation inside. Got yeah. I think nice. that'll do it. I think that nice. would do. I think that's got everything pretty much covered. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've seen, but you, you've got those military shovels as well, haven't you? Yeah. It's got, it's got a saw on one side. So, like, you know, like the, the, the point of the shovel and one side is like you can have it as like a knife, knife edge. And then the other knife, you could, other side, sorry, you can have it as like a as a saw. So you can actually, it's kind of like a multi-tool. Tool that does sound thing. pretty dope. Um, so if that sounds good to you, that's what we'll provide you with. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, no worries, man. Always, always looking out for people. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, we're happy to provide you with all of that. Um, and uh, Dre DeBrute Daniels, thank you so much for sharing your comments for the apocalypse. It's, it really has been a true pleasure. Oh, no, the pleasure was all mine. All mine, my friend. Fantastic. Uh, and for the listeners, one more time, uh, where's the best place to find you online? 
So the best place to find me is um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me all the same at Debrute00. That's D as in Delta, A as in Alpha, B as in Bravo, R as in Romeo, U as in Uniform, T as in Tango, E as in Echo, Zero, Zero on all three of those platforms. Also, um, on YouTube, uh, Brutal Planet Comics on YouTube. Um, I'd love for anybody to check out my vids and send me a comment or a like or, or holla at me there. I'd love interacting um, with you all. I'd love to hear everybody's feedback. Um, also, you can check out my comic, Trouble, The Rhythm Within, on SpinWiz.com or the SpinWiz app and just type in Trouble and you can have you can get my whole series. Um, so it's uh, it's it was a labor of love. It's one of my, obviously, it's my 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 brainchild um but definitely i'd love to hear feedback from there and hit me up on my social media amazing and of course again folks those links are all in the show notes so go click through check out check out dre's work and follow him on all the socials and whatnot and uh, go check out his youtube channel and uh, again dre it's been a real pleasure um and i hope our paths do cross one day um in in real life um i'm planning hopefully in the next uh year or two um depending on where we are in the world um mm. to come to new york comic con i don't know if you ever frequent oh new york yes comic con i have frequented before yes indeed excellent um so yeah no um if i if i do plan to come over i'll be sure to hit you up and, and hopefully you can come north to to new york and yeah it'd be great great to meet you in person that sounds like a plan sam that sounds like a plan <laughs> excellent well again thank you so much dre and uh yeah I'll, I'll be sure to see you on twitter absolutely my friend thank you so much for the time my pleasure take care mate Thanks again to Dre for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Dre's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now. 